also, last week I shared with you that this week we would be speaking on fruits, different kind of fruits, and I really felt that was the direction to go, and we are going in that direction, but not today, all right? And the reason why, and you'll understand why this morning, I believe, I, I spent two weeks outside of the Holy Spirit Fire Conference speaking to you about salvation. So this morning, we're going to speak about what precedes salvation, which is water baptism. So we're going to talk about water baptism this morning because there's a lot of confusion about water baptism. We'll answer some of those questions this morning. So I hope that this morning will encourage you. I hope it will increase your faith, that it will strengthen you. And then next week, we'll start our series on different kinds of fruit. Amen. All right, so let's dive right into it this morning. Baptism, in fact, really the sermon title should be, Should We Get Baptized? Should We Get Baptized? It's incredible how in the church today, and this is not a criticism because it's just happened all over the world, that baptism has, we all know it's important, but it's kind of like not been our focus so much. In many churches all over the world have, we know we need to get baptized, we talk about baptism, but how important is baptism really? Is it essential for every Christian to be baptized? Are you saved if you haven't been baptized? Who should get baptized? These are questions I want to answer this morning, and we're going to answer them directly from Scripture. So I'm excited to get into this with you this morning. As soon as the New Testament starts, we are introduced to an interesting character by the name of John the Baptist. And just so you know, his last name was not Baptist. <laughs> he was called the Baptist because that's what he did. His message was the message of repentance. And he prepared the way for Jesus, who was going to come and bring the kingdom of God. He was going to come preaching the kingdom of God, and his message was the same as John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's coming. It's, it's, it's near you. In Matthew 3, verse number 5, this is what it says. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the regions around the Jordan went out to him. This is to John the Baptist. And were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So even at this point, we see that water baptism was brought in for the purpose of repentance. Once a person made a confession of faith, repented of their sins, they would be baptized. The one who really brings this into perspective and shows us the importance of baptism is Jesus himself. Jesus went on to be our example in baptism. Let's go to Matthew 3, verse 13. Matthew 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came out from Galilee, or came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. Everybody look at me for a second. I want you to see that when Jesus went down to the Jordan to John, he went there with a very specific purpose. That purpose was to be baptized. It says, he went to John at the Jordan to be baptized. So Jesus was absolutely intentional about going to be baptized by John 
the baptizer. Verse 15. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. Jesus was so intentional about giving us an example of what was to come, that he would be baptized first. He says this is the fulfillment of all righteousness. He, baptism is an, actually like a foreshadow of what would still take place. Jesus very well knew that he was going to die and that he was going to rise from the grave and wanted to be an example, even in the physical, in the natural, from the point of view of baptism, that he went into the baptism waters first. Are you with me? So it's extremely powerful. We know the story. Let's just read it real quick. Verse 16, And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I want you just to take note of something. We will talk about this a little bit more later on. But Jesus, when he was baptized, was put right under the water. His baptism was a submersion. He was taken and dunked under the water. And the Bible says when he came up out of the water, that's when the Spirit came upon him. Are you with me? So the question is, in the New Testament, as Christians, as believers, is baptism important? Should we? You're not supposed to answer. It's not a question that I want you to answer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can answer it if you want to. I'm so glad that most of you got it right. Amen. <laughs> is baptism important? We actually see in Scripture that the one who commanded us to be baptized was Jesus himself. When Jesus gives the great commission to his disciples and instructs them to go into the world, take a look at what he says. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Look at what he says now. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So we see that Jesus' commandment is to, say, is to go out into the world, to make disciples of all the nations. And he says, listen, in this commandment, I also want you to baptize them. They need to be baptized. How should they be baptized? I'm so glad you're asking so many questions this morning. You should be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. That's how you are baptized. Jesus is the one who said that. If He said that's how we get baptized, guess what? That's how I'm getting baptized. When I have my baptism, I want the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to be witness at my baptism. When I go under that water, I am baptized into Christ, into the name of Jesus. But I come up filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus is my King. I am in Him. And I come up out of that water. I am a new creation, and I belong to Him. Baptism is so powerful. Amen. So we understand that baptism, clearly from Scripture, is 
very important because it's a commandment that Jesus gave. New Testament commandment. One question that many people have is, are you born again if you have not been baptized? Can you be saved if you have not been baptized? And I honestly believe the answer is simply, absolutely. If you have not been baptized, but you have confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He is the Lord of your life, you will be saved. Does that mean that we should not obey the command of the Lord to be baptized? Absolutely not. We should absolutely do it. And I'm going to show you this morning just how important it really is. But we see from Scripture, I'm going to give you two examples of, of something that takes place where an individual does not get baptized and the Bible clearly tells us that they are saved. The first one is the thief on the cross. There was no time for him to get baptized. Is anybody out there? There was no time for him to get baptized. He said to, to the thief, Jesus said to the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. It sounds to me like he's going to heaven. He did not get baptized. He did not follow the theological steps that have been created for us to follow. God has a divine order, but there are situations and there are times where that order does not happen exactly the way it's prescribed. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't follow those instructions. We also see a great example of this when Peter goes to the when Peter goes to the Gentiles. He goes to the Gentiles, and you must understand, again, this is an interesting situation, because Peter is a Hebrew. He is, he is not supposed to eat with Gentiles. He's not supposed to even hardly talk to Gentiles. And the Lord makes him go to the Gentiles to preach the Word of God. He is extremely hesitant to do so, because he's just not supposed to do it. When he gets there, he begins to preach. And as he begins to preach, watch what happens. Acts 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, but before we do that, and before we read that, let me ask you a question. Does the Holy Spirit fall and come upon individuals that are not saved? No. He is not for the unsaved. He is for the saved. While he's busy preaching, while he's busy speaking the word, things happen a little bit unusually. The Spirit of God falls on them. Why? Because Peter was not going to put his hands on them. They were Gentiles. He wasn't going to do it. So the Lord came and touched them and filled them. And they were saved. They believed. And Peter knew that they believed and Peter knew that the Spirit had been given to them because of the sign. The same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost happened to them. They got filled with the Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. Then Peter says this in verse 47. Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded. Everybody say commanded. I want you to see that the very first thing he does once he's realized that these individuals are saved, the very first thing he does is he commands them. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. You can see clearly that baptism was a priority. 
But they were already saved. The fact is, is that we are saved by faith, not of works. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't get baptized. Baptism is clearly a commandment, something that we are instructed to do. And as I said, we'll go deeper and deeper into this as we go along. Are you guys all okay this morning? All right. So the next question I want to cover is this. How do we get baptized? Because there are many questions about baptism within Christendom. Different ways that people get baptized. The Greek word for the word baptized is the Greek word baptizo. The word baptizo means this. To immerse. To dip underwater. To plunge. To submerge. In fact, some, some interpretations of Scripture or some biblical translations don't call him John the baptizer. They call him John the plunger. Because when he baptized people, there was no sprinkling. They were taken and they were submerged under the water. Because when they go under the water, what happens is so powerful. You are being put to death with Christ. The old life is no longer there. When you come out of that grave, when you come out of that water... It is a powerful confession and agreement of your faith. Sprinkling doesn't cut it. Are you with me? Now, does that mean, I want you to hear me carefully now. If you are sitting here this morning and you have not been submerged under the water, unless there's a really good reason, you have not been baptized. Now, what about if someone is in a hospital bed and they're busy dying and they cannot get to the water and they say, I want to be baptized. In a situation like that, I would say that you can take the water, put it on his head, rub it on his head or something like that. And do you really believe the Lord will not honor that? He will absolutely honor that. But you who are able, everybody say able. If you are able, you are commanded to be baptized. And your baptism is supposed to be a submersion under the water. Are you with me? So now that we understand how we are supposed to be baptized, let me ask the next question. Who should be baptized? Who should be baptized? It's really simple. And Scripture spells this out over and over. A person who should be baptized is a person who has repented is a person that has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and has repented. Can a little two-year-old repent? No. There is no confession and admission that Jesus is Lord and that they are a sinner. Therefore, they do not follow into the baptismal pool. Are you with me? Baptism is a symbol of your faith. Those who have confessed, those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, repented for their sins, follow what has taken place on the inside as an outward expression into the baptismal waters. Therefore, the person who is baptized is the one who makes that decision themselves. It can be a young child. My daughter was five years old. She was already filled with the Spirit. She was speaking in tongues. She was like a little fireball, let me tell you. 
And she said to me, Daddy, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. I took her to the beach. I said, here we go. It was really rough that day. That's why we don't baptize at the sea anymore, just so you know. Because it's really not fun, okay? So we went, (laughs) we baptized her, and she totally understands what took place. So yes, from a young age, they can do it, but they must understand, they must be of some knowledge of what's taken place so that they can make that declaration, that that decree in their own hearts and lives that this is what they have chosen to do. Are you with me? The Bible speaks about dedication. That's a different thing. You bring your children and you dedicate them to the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. Now, if you're sitting there and you say, oh my gosh, you know, I I baptized my child when they were a little baby or I took them to the priest and, you know, they, they sprinkled them. Listen, that's fine. But get baptized now. Do it now. Are you with me? Because now you understand it. So if you've never done it, do it now. Make the decision now to do it. Colossians 2 verse number 12 says this. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him, have a look now, through faith in the working of God. So baptism is an act of your faith. A small child that doesn't understand this yet cannot act out of their faith. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Alex. You're doing a great job. I think so too. (laughs) Now, listen, the first service got so excited we were having revival. Okay. So just so you know, there's more of you now. I'm expecting big things from all of you. So now that we sort of understand the basics of it, and we're going to talk more about exactly what it represents as we go on this morning, I want us to have a look at our biblical model, our our biblical example, which is the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see what happens after an individual gets saved over and over and over and over. In fact, I will walk through the book of Acts with you real quick with many examples from the beginning to the end about someone giving their life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming. Now, on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, verse 37, the disciples have been baptized. The Spirit of God came upon them. Peter gets up. He begins to preach this bold sermon. We know that there are thousands thousands of people watching as he speaks. The people are listening and their hearts are being drawn towards Jesus. Many of them are believing that what he's saying is the truth. And then they cry out and they make this statement. Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized. Straight after repentance. Straight after they gave, their, they make a decision to give their lives to Jesus. Guess what? The old man must die. You must go into the baptismal waters. You must make a public confession. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't believe that they did it the way we do it today. The way that they knew that someone had made a decision was that that individual would make a decision to make a public confession by going into those baptismal waters. Today we want to raise hands and count people. It doesn't work like that. They knew by the amount of people that got baptized how many people had been saved. I honestly believe that. 
So when you made a decision to serve the Lord, you followed it up by an act of baptism. Are you with me? So he says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That's the first time right away once the church is birthed, the first time salvation takes place, the very first thing after repentance is baptism. Baptism is absolutely essential for every single believer. As the gospel began to be spread in Jerusalem, there is evidence of Philip, we know this from from the Bible, who goes outside into Samaria. When he gets to Samaria, he begins to preach the word. He preaches with power. Demons begin to scream. People begin to give their lives to Jesus. The Bible says that there was great joy in that city. People were getting healed. It was an incredible time of revival. And then in Acts 8, verse number 12, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Straight after repentance, straight after believing, the first thing that they did was they wanted to go into those baptismal waters. They wanted to make a public confession of their faith. You see, we get baptized into Christ, into into the name of Jesus, into who He is. That's why we get baptized, because we are put to death with Him. The old man is left under the water, and when you come up out of that baptismal water, just like he was raised from the dead, so you too have now come alive, and you are alive now and will be alive for eternity. Can you say amen? you got to understand, for these individuals, this was so exciting. They had now become part of a new family. They were no longer dead, but now they were alive. They didn't worry how clean the baptismal waters were. They didn't worry how, that they should make an appointment for two weeks' time. Once they'd repented and given their lives to Jesus, all they could say was, where's the water? I want to get baptized. I want to get in that water. I want to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. But the truth is, is that this is only the beginning. Philip was a peculiar character. We read a little bit more about him. And it wasn't too much longer after this in Acts 8, 26. Most of you know the story. It's a beautiful story. Listen to this. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. While was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him. Man, Philip was passionate. Philip was zealous. He was zealous for God. 
Listen, when he saw that eunuch and the Lord said to him, you must go, Philip. It didn't matter whether that, that chariot was going fast or whatever. Philip began to run. He began to run. He began to run. The Bible says he ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, while he's running next to the chariot, <laughs> he says, do you understand? He says to him, do you understand what you are reading? And so he said, the eunuch said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Thank the Lord. The poor guy must have been tired. <laughs> the place in the scripture which, you, which, he re, which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. My God, I want you to think about this, guys. Philip is running. The eunuch is reading the book of Isaiah. He runs and he says, do you know who you're reading about? This is what he was reading. How powerful is that? That God foreknew and pre-planned that that eunuch would be in that chariot and he would be reading about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who would come and suffer and who would come and die and rise again. So Philip gets in the chariot and he's about to talk all about this individual. I know, I know, I, I, it's, it's really exciting. I can tell you're excited, I can tell. <laughs> Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, watch this, preached Jesus to him. Now he's hearing about Jesus, this man whom Isaiah prophesied about. And suddenly, look at what it says. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? How did he know about baptism? How did he know that baptism was even important? Because you must understand that while Philip was sitting on that chariot, he was telling him what you must do to be saved. He was telling him when you saved, this is what you have to do. In his heart, his heart was probably burning. And his heart was probably saying, man, I believe, I believe. I also want to be baptized. And then God arranged that there would be some water right there. God arranged that there would be some water right there. Let's just read it again because it's just so awesome. <laughs> now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. I should have left the part where I spoke about what kind of water it was right here. Because we are so full of nonsense. Well, you know, I don't want to get into that pool. It's dirty. That pool's not living water. Oh, Shush, man. The eunuch didn't care. It might have been a puddle. It, I don't know what it was, but he said, look, there's some water. There's some water. I want to get in that baptismal water. I'll do anything. I just want to be saved. I just want to serve the King of Kings. I just want to serve the Lord of Lords. I believe He is the Son of God. Yeah. 
What hinders me from being baptized? The eunuch said. And Philip said, if you believe with your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And he baptized him. Don't tell me. Baptism is not important. We have lost our focus on all the major stuff or what we perceive to be major stuff when what seems to be minor is really what's major. The message that was preached to the eunuch was the message about Jesus. Paul finally came to this place in the book of Corinth where he said, he said, I preach Christ and Him crucified. And basically what he goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing now, is that it's out of that that you will see real power. That lives will truly be transformed. What's happened to us that we don't, you know, you're not doing me a favor by raising your hand and giving your life to Jesus. The favor is yours, friend. You have been given the greatest gift and opportunity to serve the greatest God, the only God, the living God who gives you life and life more abundant. Why have we lost that passion? Why have we lost that zeal to say, what must I do to be saved? And then once we're saved, say, listen, what's next? The baptismal pool, where is it? Where is it? Can you say amen? We all know the story about Paul. Take a look. We were in Acts chapter number 8. Now we're in Acts chapter number 9. Paul has an encounter on the road to Damascus. A powerful encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. You would think that's all he needs. I mean, come on. To have an encounter with the Lord where even the men around you hear the words coming from him. I mean, that's an encounter right there. But Paul is made blind and has to go wait. And the Lord goes to Ananias and says to him, you need to go to Paul. Ananias is like, no, <laughs> I don't want to go to Paul. But he ends up being obedient and he goes to Paul. Now watch this. Acts 9 verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying hands on him, he said, brother Saul, that's Paul's name before he became Paul. The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and then, or and he arose and was baptized. Paul receives the Holy Spirit. He has an encounter with God. His eyes are opened. He gets up and guess what they do? Baptism. Baptism. And I can assure you, when Paul went, Ananias made sure that he was under the water a long time. <laughs> Get all of that persecution out of you, Saul. <laughs> I'm just being cheeky. I don't know that that's true, okay? <laughs> In Acts chapter number 10, I shared with you when the gospel is preached to the Gentiles for the first time that straight after their encounter with the Holy Spirit and believing in Jesus, Peter commands them to be baptized. This trend continues on and on throughout Scripture. Acts chapter number 16, 
verse number 13, Paul's ministry has really begun to spread. And it says this, and on the Sabbath day, we went out from the city of the riverside where prayer was customary made. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who met there. So there was a group of women who met there and Paul was ministering there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. And she was a seller of purple from the city of Theatira who worshiped God. And the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and, when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so she persuaded us. I want you to see that after she began to believe, the very next thing was baptism. Baptism. This is one of my favorite stories. I think every story is my favorite story. We continue in Acts chapter number 16, but this is really beautiful. Take a look at this. Paul and Silas have been preaching in a city and a girl that was a fortune teller, gets a demon cast out of her. They get really mad with Paul and Silas, throw them into prison. And this is what they do in prison. Watch this. Acts 16 verse 25. They're in prison, guys. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. I don't know whether they were listening because they were shocked and thought these guys are completely crazy. Or if because they couldn't be, they, they could not understand what it is that caused these individuals to begin to worship God, even though they were in prison, to sing songs of, and hymns. And, and the fact is they were actually beaten before they were thrown into prison. And so they're in there and they're singing songs. And while they're singing and worshiping God in prison, the Bible says in verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, the God, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And the reason why he wanted to do this was because if he had allowed these prisoners to escape, they would have tortured and killed him. So he was like, this is, this is I can't handle this. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. So Paul says, don't, don't do that. Everybody is here. No one has left. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night. I want you to look at what the Bible says. The same hour, not the next day, not scheduled next week, the same hour and washed their stripes. And immediately, everyone say immediately. He and all his family were baptized. Well, you know, Pastor Alex, I'm not ready to be baptized. Really? Something's wrong. Something's not right.
One more story and then I'll close with one scripture. Acts 18 verse 7. Paul is preaching and let me just read it to you. Acts 18 verse 7. And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice. One who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. That's a coincidence, right? <laughs> then Crippus, the ruler of the synagogue, obviously had been meeting with Paul, believed on the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed. And guess what happened? They were baptized. From the very start of the book of Acts, all the way through, baptism is emphasized as extremely important because it is a public agreement and confession of what has taken place on the inside of you, of what Jesus has done. We are baptized into Christ. We are made new. All things have passed away. Let's go to Romans 6 verse 3. Watch this. Romans 6 verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? So when we go into the baptismal waters, we are baptized into His death. Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. When you come out of those waters, you are a new creation. You know, I talk about shame. Many, many believers walk around with shame. What happened to you the day you got baptized? Do you not realize that because of what Jesus did, that you are no longer, you no longer actually even have the right to carry that shame? It is under the grave. It is under the water. You have been made new. There is no shame anymore. There is no longer your portion. You are a new creation. Hallelujah. Now, if you have never been baptized and you are not ready to be baptized, something is wrong with you. This is your day. Not next week. Not next month. Not at the next planned baptism. Today is the day. If you are here and you have never been baptized, we are ready. I have already ordered a second baptism pool. We will have a baptism pool there every week from now on. Because when we people get saved, we want them to get in that water. We want their new life to begin. Salvation is the greatest gift. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ that He has saved me and that I am in Him. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Alex, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm not sure that I qualify. The blood of Jesus qualifies you if you have repented of your sins, if you have made a confession that Jesus is Lord. This is the next step. There is nothing or no reason for you to wait. Why well, I don't have clothes? Oh, I thought of that already. We have clothes for you. We went and bought extra towels for you. That's why at the end of the first service, people were getting baptized. They didn't want to wait for next week because they realized just how blessed they really are, that they are part of the family of God. 
crucified with Christ, a new creation, all things are new. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big shout in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's Maria? Brian, Pastor Brian, he's our baptizer. Come stand right, stand right here. If you are here this morning and you have not signed up for baptism, please see Pastor Brian. And he's going to be baptizing as well. So he can only see you quickly, but we'll have a team ready to get your info. There's Maria in the back. Please leave Pastor Brian. He's got to baptize people. There's Maria. If you want to get baptized, don't wait, guys. There's an urgency in the Spirit. Listen to me. My pastor, Pastor Harold, preached this message the first weekend of the year. His church has had revival ever since. When he said to me, Alex, go listen to the message. I, I, I immediately felt like I have to wait. I didn't know why. I now know why. Because I just taught you on salvation. The next step is baptism. This is the time. This is the season. God is moving on the earth right now, all over the earth. Be excited. Be passionate. Be zealous. Get baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. See, Maria, we're ready to baptize. We'll be here all day if we have to. We don't mind. Right, Brian? Yes, amen. Amen. <laughs> That doesn't matter. Don't even tell them about football, Brian. Seriously. <laughs> Amen. Come on, guys. If you're not sure, because maybe you were baptized when you were young and you're not sure if you're... Do it. Don't worry. Just do it. There's only one condition. Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And if you haven't, do it now. Do it right now. I'm not going to call you up. Right there where you are, make a decision. And then get baptized. We'll know that you've done it because you're going to get baptized. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and close the service. Father, we thank you. Man, Lord, your presence is here this morning. You are moving so powerfully on the earth, Lord. We don't want to miss it, God. Just let us be a part of it, Lord. You already are moving in this place, but we desire even more, God. More of your love, more of your power. Because, Father, we can't change the heart of anyone. But you, you know the heart. You know it like no one knows it. And you know each and every one of us individually and personally. I pray, God, that you will pour out your love, your spirit, your power upon each and every person in this place. They are yours, God. And I pray, Lord, that you will draw us not only to salvation, but to go further, to go and seek you even more in every area of our lives. Lord, I make you Lord. I make you Lord in my family. I make you Lord in my business. I make you Lord in my personal life. I make you Lord in the sporting activities that I do. I make you Lord of all. I declare it. I decree it this morning in this place over myself and over these precious people and even those watching online that this morning in this place, you are 
King of kings and Lord of lords, and we submit ourselves to you. Father, I thank you this morning for your presence, for your power. Now I pray that you would strengthen, bless each and every person in this place, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Spirit be with each and every one of them as we leave this place. Bless the baptism. Father, in the first services, the baptisms were so powerful. People were encountering you. I pray you will do it again this morning. We love you. We honor you. We worship you. Let no one leave here the same this morning, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.